All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. It's a beautiful Monday, May 1st, the sun's shining, the birds are out. What It could not be a better day. I woke up today, I just felt rejuvenated. I felt refreshed. I felt good. I felt like living life to the fullest, YOLO. It was one of those mornings, I'm like, it's going to be a good day. You know when you just feel that way, Tim? How was your weekend? How are you? How are you doing, Tim? Hello. Tim? Hello. How's it going? How Did you have a date this weekend with um, that lady? Uh, John, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get into it. What? Is, what? Let's get this over with. Okay, well, the Leafs and the Lightning played an epic game. Is that what... Is that what you wanted to start with, the Leafs and the Lightning? Or should we start with this Kraken in Colorado? Some say one of the biggest upsets in NHL history, the Kraken coming back and beating the Colorado Avalanche. just epic. Or should we start with the Bruins? The season's over, so I feel like we should start thinking about the offseason, who's going to do what, where players are going to sign, everything. It's all- I am so happy right now. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to contain myself. All last night, all this morning, I was just thinking of ways to just – twist the knife as much as I can in your back and to try to have a subtle opening. I can't contain myself. The Bruins are so it's just so great how bad they collapsed the biggest. And I said, this as soon as they lost, it is the biggest sports choke in sporting history, not just hockey, all of sports going back to Greco Roman wrestling Going back to the Coliseum, all-encompassing, Tim, there is no other person or team that has choked or collapsed this bad ever in the history of the world. This is it. Name one person or team who has choked worse than the Boston Bruins have just choked in these Stanley Cup playoffs in the year of our Lord, 2023. Has that sunk in yet? That these Boston Bruins... The President's Trophy, the best team in NHL history, setting records, never lost more than two games in a row in the regular season, destined for the Stanley Cup, wire to wire. They just lost to the Florida Panthers in the first round in the biggest collapse in sports history. They were up three to one. 
three to one. Getting their captain back, Patrice Bergeron, for game five. And they choked it down the drain, Tim. You suck on that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Has it sunk in or are you still in denial? Just like you won't accept it because this is incredible what just happened, Tim. What we just watched over the last five days is absolutely incredible. No, it has not sunk in. It feels like a bad dream. And yeah, it is at at least the worst collapse in hockey history, if not sports. And the thing is like, yeah, it sucks when your team loses in the playoffs. Like that's a, that's a feeling that every hockey and sports fan is familiar with. No one has done this. Nobody has done this. And so what's even, what what makes it worse is like, there's going to be years of jokes and memes and references the Leafs, the Leafs' storyline is over. They are not yep. the losers anymore. They're not. And no matter what happens over the next 10, 15, 20, whatever years, hey, at least you're not the Bruins in, 20, in 2023. This is, this is the new low. This is the standard of the memes, of the jokes. And you know what the worst part of it all? They deserve it. Wow. They deserve it. See, this is worse. I agree. This is worse than all the Leafs losses. This is worse than the Lightning in 2019 when they were the President's Trophy winner and got swept by Columbus. The Bruins had a chance to close this out three times. Three times, Tim, and they could not finish the deal. What happened? Let's just get to the hockey part before I just start pouring salt in your open wounds because it's it's going to happen. Why did they lose? Because we were texting back and forth. You mentioned the turnovers. You mentioned the lack of competitive play out of the Bruins. What was the main culprit of this? Just let's just focus on game seven. Why did this happen? The Cats jump out up to nothing. Bertuzzi gets them back to two to one. Bruins tie, posture knocks lead. Everybody knows what happened. What is the ultimate number one reason for the Boston Bruins loss last night? Well, before I get into talking about the Bruins play, I want to take a minute and moment to talk about the Panthers. Um, you got to give them a lot of credit. No, 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 no. We're not on. doing this. Yes. Talk about the Bruins. Hold on. This, Why this, did they this factors in, John, because the relentless forecheck, the energy, they were out hustling the Bruins. And so it, the Bruins, it made the Bruins even look, look even worse when they were playing because the Panthers were just bringing it every single time. And every mistake the Bruins made, it was right back the other way. Like the the transition game, the, the breakout game on the Panthers end was just relentless, like I said. I've never seen, I'm just going to talk about game seven. I've never seen so many bad passes in a game in my life at any level. Just like the little like chip in passes. They're trying to be cute. They're trying to be fancy. There are no look passes in the backhand in the neutral zone. What are you doing in the game seven? Where does that come from? That has not been there in the entire year. They forgot how to do it. They forgot how to play. The turnovers, so many turnovers. They would just chip it away, and you would just see, like, if it's at the Bruins' point in the offensive zone and the Panthers' player's there, you know that puck's getting out of the zone. You just know it's going gonna, it's gonna to get by you. That's, that's how it went the entire game. On the flip side, the Panthers are keeping it in. They're, they're, they're holding in the zone. The pressure did not let up, and it just felt like every single puck battle the Bruins lost. I don't know where it, I don't know where it came from. The lack of urgency, the lack of of just tenacity, intensity. Like you're getting outplayed by a team that had 43 fewer points than you in the regular season, had to squeak into the playoffs after being the the best team of all time. 
and you're losing five on five, you're losing puck battles, you're making bad passes. It's embarrassing. It was even if we won, that was I I would say the Leafs would have beat us. There's nothing to make me think that this series even mattered because this team was not going anywhere. If this is how they're going to play, it's so it's so it's so embarrassing. That's what it is. It's amazing to hear the change in tone. You just said it didn't matter if we would have won, we would have lost in the second. It's it's amazing to hear the change in tone from even a week ago when they were up three to one. That's insane that you just jump ship on this team so fast. Well, and so much of it too was like they're trying to get cute, like I said, with the passes. In the offensive zone, when they did have the puck, when they did have control, because Florida played a, contr- a possession game last night and they did a very good job with it. They're waiting for the perfect shot. They're not driving to the net. They're going to the perimeter, trying to circle back on a rush, on a two-on-one. These guys are passing it. They're they're dropping back to a defenseman. They're not driving the net, and they're just playing on the perimeter. Bobrovsky has a, about a four, about a four point oh goals against going into that game last night. They should be throwing everything at the net. They should be holding the puck and shooting it on net. And instead, they're just trying to wait for that slick one timer. They're trying to score the pretty goals. It's embarrassing. And one of the worst things too was the guys that got you there, the guys that got us to this point that that led us to the the best season of all time, played so badly in the series, and especially last night. Charlie McAvoy's got to have the flu or something. He's got to be. I don't know what's going on with him. He did. He was. One maybe our worst defenseman last night. Lindholm wasn't great. He hasn't been great this entire series, but he especially wasn't good last night. The turnovers again. Pavel Zaka wasn't good. Bertuzzi, I know he scored, but he wasn't good. Orlov had a strong third period. He came out better, but the first two ones, he was he was terrible. And these are the guys that this is what we were excited about was the depth, was the scoring. Even Pasternak, yeah, I know he had a bunch of goals. Brad Mershon had, I think, 10 points in the series. He didn't look like himself. A lot of these, a lot of these stats are are pumped up in either power play, which I don't think the refs had a big impact in the series, but I do think we got a couple of, of power plays that went our way on a calls that that the Bruins got. And so the power play points don't mean as much to me when you look back on the series. It's like how many of those goals were on a power play that we shouldn't have gotten in the first place? How many of these goals were in garbage time? It's embarrassing, John. I'm. I don't know what else to say. Well, let's just uh, break down a couple of his coaches' decisions. Jeremy Swayman gets to start in Game Seven. Never started a playoff game. Getting his first action in a Game Seven. Very rarely do we see this situation. I think it happened to Andy Moog. It happened to somebody else. It, it's a rare situation. Do you like this call? Linus Allmark obviously struggling Games Five and Six. Florida Panthers putting up seven and five, I believe. The bold move by Jim Montgomery to put in Swayman, friend of the show. It what was did you a bold, think of this call. Yeah, it was a bold move, and and for all the right decisions uh, Montgomery made during the regular season, where everything went our way, he made a lot of bad ones. I think in this series with the lineup and the goal decisions, I would have started Swayman after in Game Three or at least Game Five, right? Because then you have even if you end up going with Allmark in Game Seven, at least you've got a competition. You've got guys competing for the spot. You've got a decision to make instead of an impossible one in Game Seven, where Allmark at that point, and this is another thing, the Bruins' offense was there. They were lighting up so many goals. His his stats in this series, 3.3 goals against, 8.96 save percentage. That is not the Vezina guy we saw all season long. I don't know, again, where did this come from? Why did this happen? Hampus Limholm, zero points in the series, turnovers. And so going back to Allmark, 
I wouldn't have started them in game three. I wouldn't have started them in game five. And even if it was just one start, if Swayman had one start in the first six games, it's an entirely different situation. All that said, he had a heck of a game. This is not on Jeremy Swayman. He played very well, especially considering you're coming in very cold. That first goal by Montour, you probably want back. You squeeze the pads a little bit tighter, but he was good in the series. He had some major, major saves, including in overtime, that breakaway save on Kachuk. Yeah. Swayman was very good in this game. He gave you every, every chance to win. And and part of this, too, is like a crazy, unlucky bounce with less than a minute left to Montour's second goal. Heck of a player, by the way. <laughs> he is so good. He skates like the wind, and he can shoot it. He's so good. Um, it, was a, it was a bounce. I know it comes down to the bounces. But again, you shouldn't be in a situation in Game 7 where a bad bounce can end your season. You should have put this away in Game 5. In game six, and you had you had sixty minutes to put this away, and you didn't. Another so, questionable coach's decision. So your team's flying. You're up three to one, and you insert a guy into the lineup for game five. After you've won the last two, you're going to close it out at home, and you insert a guy. He plays the next three games. He gets one goal. He's minus six. Patrice Bergeron. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Patrice Bergeron finishes the playoffs with the record of zero and three, no wins, one goal, zero assists, minus six. Can we finally say what everyone's thinking? This guy sucks at defense. He should have never played this year and he should have never been in the lineup. Can we say that finally about Patrice Bergeron, the fraud? Patrice Bergeron, terrible captain. Hey, you watch your mouth, John. You watch but your mouth. Isn't no. that a glaring stat that this guy was coming back? And if if I'm a captain of a team and I show up and we have that kind of effort in game seven, where you're saying it yourself, we're losing all the loose pucks. We don't have the jump. All the 50-50s, if a puck goes around the boards to our defenseman, I know it's getting chipped out. If it goes around Florida's defenseman, they're keeping it in. All those little plays. That stems from the leadership group. And that's what the Bruins hung their hat on. This is our team. We have the Bruins culture. You know, we're not going to, you know, have a guy on our team who's not going to play our way. Well, our way this postseason was soft. It was trying to do the cutesy tootsie plays in the slot. It was not effective. And the Florida Panthers, who last year got ran over in the second round, who everybody said needed a little more grit, need a little more sandpaper, they were the team that was supposed to be pushed around and you get one player, Matthew Kachuk, he comes in and he completely changes their identity. And he went into Boston where they only lost four games. I believe in the regular season. Panthers won two, maybe three, three, two. They won game two. They won game five and they won game seven. Oh yeah. Three games at the garden. That's insane to me. Patrice Bergeron, I believe should take full blame for this loss. This is his fault. And I, no. it's hard for me to say it because he is a Hall of Famer, potentially. This is his This is his series loss. John, it's not. It's not Who's is it then, Tim? Loss. Why is it um, not him? Because he's, he's the leader of this all, team. Does he got the C on his chest? It's not any one player. Yes, it is. It's his no, it's fault. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not one player's 
It's not because of one player when they win. It's not because of one player when they lose. Yeah. If it's on one player more than anyone else, it's on Allmark. But no, I, and and I, I have a hard time separating my emotion from Patrice Bergeron because I I love him and him and I have been through a lot together, <laughs> and so a lot of ups and downs over the years. And you know oh what else? Gosh, this is funny. this is part of what makes it so painful. Was that that was his last game? I believe you that was so? his last game ever. Yeah, there's moments on the ice. I guess I'm glad it was at home at that sense because he got to wave goodbye to the crowd. He had his last moment with hugged all his teammates, had that last moment with Marchand, and um, this is how he's going to go out, and that sucks. Didn't he and do so, it last year? Do what? The same thing where he hugged everybody? I don't know. I mean, He I, did. Probably Krejci's last game, too. Krejci and, sucked anyways. Yeah, he had three points in that game. He was. I don't care. It wasn't a very good game for him. Um Man, it just it sucks. There's no there's no other way to say it. I think they're both. I think they both played their last game as a Bruin last night, um, and I think it's probably a good thing that they did. Oh. I love them, Patrice Bertrand. I love you. Goodbye, Krejci. I love you. Goodbye. We're moving. No on. way. So if Patrice, okay, you're 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 being a little drastic right now. So let's just let's just pump the brakes and move on. Give kudos to Matthew Kachuk. If there's a guy on the Panthers who won it for him, Bobrovsky didn't play well. Lyon didn't play well. Their goaltenders were average. It was Brandon Montour. It was Matthew Kachuk. Those were the two guys. You know who else is very good who I didn't realize in, into the season? Sam Bennett. Is oh, so, gosh, yeah. He's so he was a healthy scratched him. Healthy scratch game one. He's so... Was he healthy scratched? I thought he was yep. hurt. No. Oh, he's so good. He, he's so, like, scrappy. Um... He's so effective. And then uh, Gustav Forsling is also very, very good, too. So, yeah, really good. And Gudis, man, like, he is so effective at his game. He's so just dirty and cheap, but it's so good. And he, and he actually rarely crosses the line. He just does all these things that just, like, piss you off. But it's always, like, it's always just okay. It's And the refs know it, too. There's yeah. that conversation where they told him to stop sitting on guys <laughs> behind yeah. the play. Um, he might be... The best, the best, if not one of the better body checkers I think I've ever watched. He's just so good at it, and so yeah, Panthers. And I, I know we'll get ahead to the the next round matchup, but I think they're going to give the Leafs a hard time based on what I saw these last two weeks. So where does this rank? You got John Vandeveld in 1999, the Open Championships, going into the 18th hole. He's up by three. He completely just bogeys it in the water in the stands. Loses. You got Ian Norwood for the Buffalo Bills. Was it Ian? Something Norwood for the Buffalo Bills wide right versus the Giants when the Bills were favored by like 40. They lose that game in the Super Bowl. The Falcons up 28 to three. Middle of third quarter, the Patriots come back and win the Super Bowl 31-28. Where does this rank? Can you just, is it number one? Well, I'd also throw the Patriots um, 07 season. Yeah, Yeah, that was in that mix too. This one's worse and I'll tell you why. Those are all in the championship, all those examples. Yeah, oof. You know, first round, first round, first round exit. This is like I said, we deserve it. And the worst part, not even the worst part, but like the fact that the Maple Leafs break the curse the day before this happens. This is tied together forever now. This is, oh, John, I didn't want to come in today. It was so funny last (laughs) night. I was getting text messages from all my friend, Matt Maitland, Quinn Raftery, all these guys like, poor Tim, what is he going to do? All our listeners were sending in messages. Everybody's feeling for you, Tim, but nobody feels sorry for you because you deserve it. 
Yeah, so, thank you. I, did, I saw all the messages. Thank you. And uh, yeah. Let's move on. Because other than this massive collapse by the Bruins, I talked about at the beginning of the show, the Colorado Avalanche, if the Bruins don't lose, this is the biggest choke job in the last 10 years, other than that Tampa Bay Lightning debacle when they got swept. The reigning Stanley Cup champions playing a team that is second year in its exception. Last year, not even making the playoffs, having an incredible run to get into the playoffs this year, losing in seven games with Seattle Kraken. What a story out West. I don't think anybody really is talking about it because of the massive Bruins and the Leafs win. Talk about the Seattle Kraken, Tim, for a little bit, because what a story, these guys. They went two to one in game seven, moving on to the second round. Are we sleeping on this team? Or did they just kind of get lucky? The Avalanche had some injuries. Nachushkin, no one knows what's happening there. Landeskog's out. Makar got suspended. They hit it in the perfect spot. Or can we finally say that this is a legit playoff team? There, Tim, there's eight teams left right now. Eight. And the Seattle Kraken are one of them. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is. Um, and they're a likable team, like I said. They have the scoring depth. They're not relying on any one guy. But I, I mean, the Avalanche have missing some key players and they lost by one goal in game seven. So I still think you play this series a bunch of times, the avalanche win all of them, except for maybe this one. So I, you know, you got to give the cracking credit, but I don't think, I don't think this is, this is like eminent of the avalanche, uh, not being an elite team for many, many years moving forward. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Do you want to touch on the Nishuskin situation? Talk about leadership, talk about holding people accountable. What is happening with this guy? Apparently, there's a police report. There was a female in his room. Absolutely just, just I don't want to, the kids listen to this, but she was gonzo at 2.30 in the afternoon of the day of a game. That's crazy. Like, what is going on with this team that you can have that happen where someone's that inebriated at 2.30 in the afternoon of the day of a game that you have to have ambulances and police called? It's it's an insane situation, and the fact that there's still no information about the whole situation is just very troubling to me. It's it's an interesting situation. The fact that Nishushkin is a Russian just adds another layer to this because it's like, what are you doing? What's going on there? So I'm going to keep an eye on this because it, it's – why is there no information about this? Yeah, I actually didn't know anything about this. I'm just reading an article now. The Seattle police stated that a, quote, severely intoxicated woman had to be taken to a hospital after she was found in the hotel room of Valerie Nechuskin, according to Jeff Baker of the Seattle Times. Oh, yeah, Tim, this has like been known for about four or five days now. Yeah, this I is, have no idea. Well, because you've been wrapped up in the Bruins so proper. Now that that's finally done, you can get the blinders off and focus on everybody else. The Bruins focus choked. On the the offseason and the free agents and the trades. But just for the avalanche, what a complete letdown. You know, you, you're coming off a massive win in the playoffs. You win the Stanley Cup. Everybody's thinking repeat. You're bringing back the whole group. Yes, you lose Nazim Kadri, but you replace them. Everybody's excited. Atlanta Skog out for the playoffs. At least you could sneak by the Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken's leading score was Yanni Gord for Pete's sake with six points. It's not like they were blowing them out. The avalanche just choked. I don't think they had enough horses. If McKinnon did what he could. But it, it really was an epic choke job by the Colorado Avalanche. There's no other way to say it. But that, that, that's it. They choked. Rantanen was invisible. I think McKinnon played well. McCarr, what happened to him? I know he came into the playoffs injured. He missed the last eight games of the regular season. Something was going on there. He got suspended for game five, I believe. He had a bad playoffs. 
very unmacar like So, again, much like the Boston Bruins, there's a lot of questions surrounding the Colorado Avalanche. And I don't want to say I told you so, but I did. I told you so. You were in love with the Avalanche all season long. I said, don't sleep on – I didn't even say don't sleep on the Kraken. I said the Avalanche are in trouble. They're not the same team that they were last year. So, And then, lo and behold, they lose in the first round. Bingo, bango, bongo. That's what you get. You did say that, but I was not in love with the Avalanche. I was just saying they're a better team. It turned out I was wrong, I guess. But also, again, the injuries, the missing players, what does it look like? That's not something you can predict. You can. They lost. Whatever. Tim's just so pissy right now. It's so funny because he's usually a, a very positive guy, glass half full. He texted me last night before overtime. He said, if the Bruins lose, I'm turning my phone off. Don't even bother. And I was like, dang. I did. You were upset, and you still are. I didn't watch any of the post-game stuff. The second the shot went in, I, I turned the clicker off and went to bed. Can we talk about how great of a play Matthew Kachuk made in that play? He t- took up three guys behind the net. There was two guys with him behind the net, a guy in front of the net with the Bruins, all focused on Kachuk. He chips it out to Montour. Or not, sorry, not Montour. He chips it out to Verhage. He goes right to the front of the net. Swayman couldn't see a thing. Not a thing. Kachuk's right in his grill. And Verhege goes short side shelf. Swayman didn't even see it. Give all the credit to Matthew Kachuk. Verhege with a great shot. The Bruins completely did not deserve. Like, what are you doing allowing this guy just to waltz out in front of your net when the Panthers have full possession of the puck on the half wall? Push him out of the way, Carlo. You big beefy man, Brandon Carlo. You big puss. So, so incredibly soft, the Bruins are. And I never thought I'd say that. After the... uh, the deadline, getting Bertuzzi, getting Orlov, getting even more grit in Hathaway. And they got out-checked by a bunch of Europeans and Matthew Kuchuk and Sam Bennett. Oh, it's so incredibly embarrassing for the Bruins. But the Seattle Kraken, good for them. Yanni Gord's playing well. Jaden Short's playing well. Even without their best player, Jared McCann, he got injured in the Kale McCarr hit in the corner, so he didn't play the last few games. Good for the Seattle Kraken. They're moving on. They're playing the Dallas Stars in a really strange second-round matchup. But we'll touch on that in a second. Let's touch on the last series that finished up on Saturday. You mentioned it before. The Leafs slaying the Dragon, exercising the Demons, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7 of overtime. In another game that I think the Tampa Bay Lightning were the better team. Seven games played, I feel like Tampa Bay was the best team in six of them. Tavares gets the overtime winner, and that's it. That's all she's done. Tampa Bay loses. Toronto wins. That's it. And I don't even want to talk about the Game 7. What I want to talk about is how happy the Toronto Maple Leafs are with the Boston Bruins loss. Does this set up, Tim, a clear path for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers to meet in the Stanley Cup Finals? A dream Stanley Cup Finals. Does this set this up with Boston being out, with Colorado being out? Hurricanes are limping into the second round. They're out without Tara Vinen. Everybody knows about all their other injuries. They have nobody who could score. They get by the uh, New York Islanders because they have no one who can score. The Rangers and Devils are beating each other up, but I think we can all agree that the Leafs are better than both of those teams. Does this set up a matchup with the Oilers and the Leafs that everybody's salivating for? Matthews, McDavid, Marner, Dreinsidel, Nylander. Kane. It would be epic proportions. Canada would, I think, explode. Is this inevitable? Um, no. 
but it's it seems more likely than not. And that's a crazy thing to say with eight teams left, but it seems like the most likely scenario is, yeah, you have a Canada versus Canada matchup, which I think is, I mean, are those the two biggest franchises? I know they're two of the best teams right now, but in terms of like the cities and everything. Are those oh the my goodness, biggest? yeah. Because stars and crack and who cares? And I'm being polite I mean, in Canada, as much though. as I can. No, in the whole NHL. Yeah. The fan bases, money-wise, if if I'm sitting here and I'm Gary Bettman, I'm looking at my second round matchups. I'm going stars Kraken. Okay. One passionate hockey market with the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars, very small fan base. Oilers, which is insane. They get the whole Western side of Canada. The Knights, again, very focused group of fans there in Vegas. Not a massive sell in the whole country. Leafs, everybody knows the Leafs. They're the the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees. That's the Leafs. Panthers. They, there's empty seats in game, you know, game six. That's all I'm going to say. Carolina, same thing. I guess the Rangers would be the only other big market team, but there's so much stuff going on in New York right now. They're third kind of billing right now to the Jets. They get Aaron Rodgers. The Yankees are playing well. Then you got the Knicks who are in the second round. So the Rangers might be third or second or third billing, even in their own city. So yeah, it's the Oilers and Leafs right now that are the two big dogs. And if they make the Stanley Cup finals, HRR is going to go through the roof for just hockey related revenue because it's going to be tickets. Imagine a ticket game one for the Stanley Cup finals. I don't know if it's going to be in Edmonton or Toronto if it comes to fruition. It's it would be ten thousand dollars, Tim, for a nosebleed. Like we're talking fifty grand. Fifty grand a seat for on on the ice. Don't it would be incredible. Is that possible? Because when you look in the West right now. I think everybody can honestly say the two best teams are playing each other right now. The way this, the seeding works out, they don't reseed after the first round, which is a whole other thing. Seattle's playing Dallas. They're the three, four seed in this situation. And it's Vegas and Edmonton who are the one, two seed. Who's going to win that series, Tim Edmonton versus Vegas. Let's get into it. I don't even want to wait. Who do you got? I have Edmonton, the star power. I think I, they're just like I said. We, we they're a different team. What Ekholm brings to the back end, that stability and the presence there. There's something that they, they haven't had in the Connor McDavid era, even more than he's better than Adam Larson. I think so. Yeah, I got to pick Edmonton there. The only caveat is is potentially Stuart Skinner questionable, but I mean questionable in terms of um, how he's going to play. But yeah, Edmonton. I see Edmonton going all the way now. I I I had them going all the way in in the beginning, to be fair, but losing to Boston in the finals. So uh. we need to go back to do our prediction for the playoffs. I don't think we did second and third round in Stanley Cup picks because, gosh, I think I would have picked Edmonton Toronto in the finals. But let's move on because it's a different, it's a different second round than we're used to. And you took note of this, and I think other people are noticing this. Boston's out, Colorado's out. Tampa Bay's out. There's no Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. There's no Washington. It's such a strange second round for the NHL. Is it a good thing to have all these fresh teams in the second round? We haven't seen the Leafs in the second round in years. I know the Panthers made it last year, but no one was really talking about them. The Knights are back in the mix. The Kraken are first timers. If New Jersey beats the Rangers tonight, they're going to be a first timer. Is it a good thing for the NHL to kind of have these new teams cracking the second round? No pun intended. I think it has to be from a fan base perspective, from a storyline perspective. I have no idea. I'm guessing it's probably not a good thing that these major cities and franchises money wise aren't in the second round or in the playoffs at all. 
Like I'm sure the league makes more money when Boston and Pittsburgh and all those other teams move on. So I get that angle. Yeah. But from a storyline perspective, it is great. It's awesome that the Leafs are moving on. It's cool that the Edmonton Oilers are playing Vegas, even Dallas. I know that you're not that excited about them, but I think they're a great, great team. And I'd love to see like Jason Robertson do his thing for a couple more rounds too. So yeah, I think it's a great thing. I'm not down on Dallas. I, I like Dallas. I think they're one of the top three teams in the West. I think they've always been good. They're not as good as the Oilers right now. I think in the West, the, the path is clear for the Oilers. But yeah, I think it's a good thing too. I think this year will be some growing pains where people won't know these players. It's like, who's Yanni Gord and Jaden Schwartz and Rupe Hints and Robertson and all these players? Give it a year. Let's build some rivalries. Let's get some new blood into the system. I enjoy it. I think it'll be nice to see these new teams on a big stage. That being said, round two starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. The Florida Panthers just beat the Boston Bruins yesterday. They don't even have time to go home, Tim. They don't even have time to celebrate this win. They are going right from Boston. They're probably leaving Boston right now and flying right to Toronto because they play game one versus the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow. Is this is this Gary Bettman trying to just assert his dominance and make the Toronto Maple Leafs the prohibitive favorites, which they already are? Yeah, last year, the year before, the year before, the year before, going back decades, if you win a game seven, the average time between game seven and game one of the next round is three and a half days. Three and a half. Really? The Panthers have one. One day. The Seattle Kraken have one day between games. I don't understand this. And I'm guessing the Devils and the Rangers will have one day because they'll, they'll play on Wednesday. Versus the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't understand the reasoning behind this. There's no time crunch. There was no COVID. There's no truncated season. These things just make me think. I don't know why they're doing this. Seattle has to fly right to Dallas. And Florida has to fly right to Toronto. Go through customs. Maybe have a couple beers on the plane yesterday. Or yesterday, have a couple beers in the hotel. But that's it. You're moving on to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's just an interesting situation to keep an eye on. Is this Gary Bettman being a little dinkhole? Maybe. Maybe he already had the plan set. But it just doesn't, like, let him celebrate. Push push all the games back one day. Have the East start on Wednesday and have the West start on Thursday. Give him an extra day. I don't know. You probably didn't see that because you were crying in your milk this morning. Boo-hoo. The Bruins lost. Bergeron's the biggest failure. Stop it. In Boston history, he's going to go down in the annals of Boston sports with Bill Buckner when the ball went between his legs at first base. I told you never to say that name. Yeah. Speaking of celebrations, do you think the Leafs went over the top with all this celebrating winning the series? No. I didn't think it was outrageous. They all jumped on the ice. Did I miss something that they were were going overboard? Party in the locker room. Everyone's talking about they're bringing in more cases of Bud Light every 20 minutes or whatever. And some people are kind of rolling their eyes, calling it their Stanley Cup and everything. But I get the excitement. It's been a long time. I haven't, I don't don't have a problem with it. Bud Light, get some little bat blue in there. What are they doing? (laughs) You're in Canada for Pete's sake. Get some. Oh, you No, they were, they they were in Canada. I was going to say they're in Boston. I just, yeah. I don't think let them let them have some fun, you know, let them have some fun. Let them enjoy their fruits of their victory. All right, Tim, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, we have the last series to be decided tonight. Game seven, New York Rangers in New Jersey. 
Who do you like tonight? I like the Rangers. I really do. I think it's been a fantastic series overshadowed by the Leafs and the Lightning and obviously the Bruins and the Panthers. This Eastern Conference series has been the best hockey all around. I think both teams are playing exceptional. I think both goaltenders are playing lights out now that they have Schmied and net for the New Jersey Devils. It's been a great series. I think the special teams have been the stories in this series. Whoever gets the power play goals seems to win the game because five on five, they've been evenly matched New Jersey and the Rangers can't seem to score five on five. But I think the Rangers, man, I hope they win. I would love to see them and the Leafs in the Eastern Conference final. The star power, if that happened, Kane, Tarasenko, Zabinijad, Panarin versus the Leafs juggernaut that we know that they have. I think that would be so incredibly fun to watch. So I'm I'm taking the Rangers. Everybody knows who you're going to take. Here's the thing. If the Devils lose, should we have someone sleeping in your building tonight? Because you're just going to be completely distraught. You lost the Bruins, and now you could potentially lose Jack Hughes and the Devils. Are you going to be okay? Well, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I was thinking I'm actually probably would bet on the Rangers tonight. I just think about game seven. It's going to come down to star power, like you said. I understand. Just like in the Bruins series, the star power. I don't know. Just whatever. 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 Well, because the like Marshawn and Hall and Bergeron and Pasternak and McAvoy and Lindholm, like those are superstars. Florida had Kachuk. So the star power is the way forward here? Uh, Tim? Yeah, Tim? I don't know. Uh, uh, flip a coin. Doesn't matter. Tim? Just that I'm always hungry. And none of my old hobbies interest me. And <laughs> I'm always sad. <laughs> it's insane that they lost. Honestly, what's going through your head the whole game? Are you just in a negative mindset from the drop of the puck? It's like, please don't happen. Please don't happen. The Panthers go up to nothing. What, you know what, I, what I is going thinking, through the mind ears? There was a, there was a um, press... Uh, yesterday morning before the game and the Bruins players were saying things like, and I said, that, I almost tweeted it out, but I didn't want to jinx them, but they were like, not the right answers. Where Katie was, Katie said something like, you know, a big game tonight. We're excited. Something like that. Something very passive. And then one of the other guys too, maybe Coyle said something like, um, you know, we got to get through this. And then we, we like our chances moving forward, get through it is what they said. Like we got, this is something we got to get through. There was no like tenacity, no ownership of and just going into that game, I was like, oh, I don't feel good about this. And based on what happened in game six, I'm like, again, there's nothing to make me think that the Bruins can win game seven, other than the fact that they are the better team on paper. They're playing at home. They should get it done. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just. I have nothing. I haven't processed it yet. I Were you listening it. to the Bruins feed? Did you hear Jack Edwards call? No, I saw a tweet about it. I couldn't. No. I didn't watch. I watched on the uh, TBS or whatever. We should try to get him on the show now. It'd be so great. He he doesn't know who you are. Oh, he knows who I am. <laughs> he knows who you are, I bet. He probably does. Yeah. 
That would be fantastic. But anyway, just, just answer the question. Okay. Panthers That's go up question. two nothing. What are yeah. you thinking? Wait, did the Rangers go up two nothing? No, no, no. The oh. Panthers went up two nothing. Yeah. What's going through your head? I didn't. I I wasn't surprised that the Bruins battled back. And even when we were up three to two, it didn't feel good. And it's, even when we were winning, we're winning with a couple minutes left in the very period, and the crowd's going crazy. There was nothing to make me think that they deserved that win. And there's nothing to make me think that they were going to close it out. I understand it was a lucky bounce and it could have gone either way. And all of a sudden we're talking about how Bergeron's line matches up against Matthew's line and whatever, but that would have been a terrible matchup for the Bruins because Bergeron sucks. Okay. Um, it would have been Coyle's line probably. Oh, he's even yeah. worse. One goal, one assist in these playoffs, seven games, minus one. He's playing a shutdown role. I mean, I have nothing, Shuts I have himself nothing down. to defend. I have nothing to defend. They played bad, and they're going to get mocked and ridiculed, and they're going to deserve it. They do deserve it. You know Aaron Ekblad? Heard of him. Everybody, everybody says, oh, he didn't get any points. Guy was plus seven. Not bad. He, Yeah, he did not have a big series. I didn't really notice him much, but I guess you didn't have to. He was hurt. He missed one game because of injury. He came back. I think that shows the character of an Aaron Eckblad where he just, I don't know. I don't want to say he let Brandon Montour fly, but I bet you he had a conversation and said, listen, man, I'm not feeling it. Go for it. Let's go. Take, take the back end because you're the guy now. And then I'm going to focus on just defense. It would not surprise me if he said that. I know they're not partners. Eckblad plays with, um, who does he play with? Forsling. And Montour plays with Mark Stahl. But those guys are like the cornerstone of that team. They're both right, righty D. I bet you, I bet you there was that conversation. Yeah, I can't I believe Mark Stahl's, Mark Stahl's still doing his thing. He looked great in the series. He did, and didn't he? For his limited role. Like you don't expect too much, but like, yeah, he shuts it down. Well, there's uh, one thing to know your your role, right? And I feel like the players in Florida get that. There's no guys who go out there and try to do more than they have to do. And I think that stems from their captain. When you got a captain like a Alexander Barkov, who isn't trying to be the best player on the team, even though he could be, Matthew Kachuk comes in and everybody's talking about, it's Matthew Kachuk's team. We're going to, you know, model our team after him. And Barkov didn't piss and moan and complain and say, oh no, this is my team. I'm the captain. He just went along with it. And he played his game. I don't think you can say the same about a Patrice Bergeron. Tim, Can we wrap this up here or what do you think? Let's just let the silence sit for a little bit. Dead air. And then we'll wrap. People can feel Tim's uncomfortable situation right now. Oh, man. I'm Are you going to have a date this week? Yes. Are you? Did you tell her about what's happening? Yeah, she watched it last night. With you? No, but just to, in solidarity. Oh, man. So you turned her into a Bruce fan. <laughs> Just in no. time. Just in time to watch the biggest collapse in the history of the sport. Oh, my word. That's so funny. Well, listen, go have some fun with her. Try to recover. We're going to be back on Wednesday. There's a big game tonight. Rangers, Devils, check it out. We'll talk to you guys at the start of the second round. It's going to be epic. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the consoling messages to Tim. He needs it. Send him some text messages. The guy's, he's as low as it can get right now. It's, it's actually kind of concerning to see him like this. 
It's like, did your dog die? Is Levi okay? Levi loves me. He does. He does. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 